0: And all of a sudden a Zed becomes like plus six plus six and he's summoning freaking nine eights yeah. with first strike. You're like, what do, what do I do? Why is this <laughs> happening to me? I thought I could take care of this later. <laughs> I thought there was time. <laughs> I, thought there was... <laughs> I thought there was time. <laughs>
1: Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, Episode Fifteen. I'm your host Ryan here with your other host
0: Hetch. We're here to beat the heat. <laughs> Hot Atlanta can't hold us down, baby. Atlanta.
1: Yeah, we're back, man. We're back. We're back with a, with a new region. It's always exciting when when we shift from yes. you know we're going from Ezreal going on a little adventure through the deserts to end up in Ionia
0: and and these. Uh, well, I was about to try. I, I, I don't know how to speak English anymore. I'm, I'm having a stroke. Okay. But, <laughs> in, in, okay? uh, in these, in these very trying times, let us search for peace and harmony, become one with the elements.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> Housekeeper here in Ionia. <laughs> so you can listen to us everywhere as usual. Follow us on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. That's at pod podcast C O R. So podcast core, and you can send emails um, to the same thing at podcast core at gmail.com. Uh, and then leave likes follows and a short review. Those are always great. We're still trying to do the five star thing. I actually haven't checked to see if that's six. Oh, six, six stars. Sorry. I was aiming too low. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so tell a friend <laughs> to stand united and listen to the Casuals of Runeterra from dawn till uh, dusk.
0: This this one's even worse because I played myself. State of the game. <laughs> State of the game. State of the game. Um, <laughs> all right. So I haven't uh,
1: played as much as I wanted. <laughs> at this Are you point, a
0: robot? <laughs> at this point, it's a t-shirt, right? I did get to play a
1: bit. Um life got kind of busy, man. I we went like at work, we got in that last week of the release. I was focused on that. Um and then I did the holiday thing, but or it took a couple days off, but it just wasn't exactly what I expected. (laughs) A lot (laughs) happened over that weekend. Um I did get to see my my mom and my grandma, so that was cool. Oh well that's good. Yeah, but the little bit I did get to play, I was playing around with a Noxus overwhelm deck. That was posted uh, a while back just randomly on Runeterra decks, which everybody follows on Twitter, that posts like master or decks yeah. from people who use them to get into masters.
0: That's uh, that's the same list with, with, that has just like only the harrowing is the top end and everything else is mono-noxious, right? Exactly. And, and your
1: biggest yeah, play is list you're bringing back the 3-1 that deals two damage when it dies. So the more you bring it back, the more direct damage is technically doing because it gives it ephemeral that's your gist, and then Darius as a top end is you know pretty still sick. I mean, Darius is still a good card, um, just doesn't get a lot of love. I'm having issues running it just because I haven't played it enough. Um, there is some nuance there; it just doesn't beat up people because uh, there are the, the ladder currently is varied enough where you're running a lot of different things. So I just need to play it some more, uh, yeah. and I'll probably love it more. What about you? Yeah,
0: the the ladder is definitely like it's it's settled so much into being slower too that mm. uh, obviously like any aggro deck i think is going to have fun there but it re- your decision making has to be on point now yeah. it's not it's not afk one drop two drop three drop and just smork yeah um which which it was uh, going to my deck was mm-hmm. kind of what I was running into and I decided that I got frustrated and I went back to my sure. scout deck, with yeah. Quinn and Misfortune. Talk about smorking. And, uh, like, now I'm the guy that's beating up on people trying to do new things <laughs> and punishing them for having fun with the game and I can't they? look at myself in the mirror. And <laughs> here we are.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been running into a little... More scout than I thought I would run into, uh, especially in this meta. Because when scout came out, everybody thought it was going to be broken. It turned out to be balanced. So Riot knows what they're doing. Uh, but we are starting. I'm starting to see some of the five five scout a lot more than I thought. The, yeah. the upgraded one.
0: Yeah, I like. I, I still have it kite, kind of, but I think like I think more people were willing because I, I ran it originally before it got buffed, mm-hmm. and I think more people became willing to run it after Remembrance. Like Lux and Karma decks got popular and then it got buffed. And it's part of remembrance package. Yeah. Like that's a card you're gonna hit. So people were hitting that more often. Yeah. And it's like, wait, this actually feels better than getting uh, the Radiant Guardian if I didn't have a minion die. Yep. This card doesn't seem bad, and I think that's why people are like actually playing it now. I agree. This takes us to our main topic, Yin and Yang. So we're talking about Zed
1: and Shen. Like it, it had to happen. This pairing obviously goes together. Um, we have to start it off Shadow. yeah, with this one. And the story is not anything crazy. It's pretty by the books as far as when we get into those two champions. But first, we talk about the spells. So the first spell I want to talk about is Dawn and Dusk. So this is a six-cost uh, slow spell that has summoned two exact copies of an ally. They're ephemeral. So obviously, it's a play on Zed. His shadows. We're gonna do some Ryan Cost math here. Uh, um, we haven't no. done it in a while.
0: <laughs> so
1: obviously Zed cost three, right? This card makes two copies. Two times three is six.
0: <laughs> like it's worse that you gave it a title. Ryan right, <laughs> Oh, Welcome to
1: Cost math. This was one of those cards though that definitely showed up more than I expected. Um, especially when it came out at the beginning because you know obviously you look at slow spells in the grand scheme of things you're like oh well obviously burst is where it's at and then you look at the cost you're like okay that's definitely on the higher end because six cost here is higher than six in most other card games so the fact that we did see a good bit of it in different strategies because copying two things of uh, two copies of an ally that means champions as well right so it's a very versatile card. There's a lot of powerful cards out there with effects that trigger once they die. So the ephemeral has an effect there. And cough,
0: it, cough, a nivia.
1: A nivia. So it forces your opponent to do things. But I like the quote here. And a lot of the quotes for this one, I'm probably going to go through uh, for this episode. But it says Shen is one man caught between the perils of two worlds, he will fail them both. I devote myself to Ionia alone zed kind regards kind regards (laughs) nothing personnel and we'll get we'll get into more where that thought process because there's a lot of layers here
0: um with you know their the duality of these two but what do you got for us a lot of layers um so i i went with another six cost although very different wait you copied me I'm leaving. <laughs> this is a solo podcast now. <laughs> this, this is now a solo podcast. <laughs> um, so I, I went with another six spell uh, six mana cost spell. It's uh, Stand United. Mm-hmm. And it's a six mana burst spell. Swap two allies and give them barrier this round. Um, and this is a spell that I really like the more that i thought about it like i like it more than i thought i did mm. and a big reason is the swap like yeah. there is not much as far as the interaction of when units get lined up and i it's something that you don't you don't think about it as much me personally i didn't think about it as much until i started trying to play around with karma and lux because um, I was pairing Lux with every champion under the sun that mm-hmm. wasn't the obvious one. And the fact that, like, if something gets pulled with Challenger, I get to actually say, Hang on a second, I have a card that says that I'm going to switch it up. And it's yeah. obviously the combat trick of adding Barrier, too. It's a really cool card, but you. It was also one I had to pick because, it, man, we're talking about Shin and Zed today. Like, yeah. of course, we're going to talk about Shin's ultimate while we're at it. Like, The most I, surprising
1: thing with this card was <laughs> I started to see it pop up in aggro decks at their top end uh, to essentially close out games to finish up. Because with an aggro deck, obviously, you're trying to get all your stuff out there very quickly. Uh, but at some point, you need to close it out. And to have this as a combat trick that allows you to survive to that next turn, you can use this on offense or defense. Um, That will push the subsequent turn in your favor, which is hopefully where you can finish the game. Um, And it's burst speed, which is great.
0: Uh, The combat trick, as far as an aggro, it's so satisfying, too, because you Mm -hmm. really do feel like a ninja. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, I blocked it. I'm alive at one. (laughs) 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 Ha ha. Do the hand signs Naruto style. Jk. Everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) pile of leaves yeah not the hokage so let's take this to our first follower and i have the
1: silent shadow seer um which i would always in my head say shadow seer but that doesn't make sense (laughs) but this is another card that uh so i've seen a couple times but is a card i've always liked from a design perspective because of how flavorful it is so it's a two cost three one that has elusive and ephemeral and it has on nexus strike or nexus strike create a copy of me in hand so the cool thing about this card is it's powerful for one right it's a two cost for uh elusive three one but it incentivizes attacking and dealing damage um, to the opponent so that you can get it back in your hand and double that value. So the, the more creative you are with using it and the more of the more advantageous it becomes, if you can keep satisfying that condition, um, which there are a couple of decks that do some cute stuff with it to pull that off. Um, you know, even cloning her and then being able to attack with all of them and then putting all of them back in your hand. Right. So it's like sort of ephemeral, but you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a cool card, uh, and I wish I saw it more. And I think there is more to it. I think the cost of it makes it kind of weird. If it was a little had a little more stats and was higher up on the on the cost curve, maybe it would see more play. Uh, because there's too much competition in this space, especially with the decks that you would expect this to be in.
0: I honestly have always thought that this should be a one drop. Because the like stat wise for yeah. a one drop, it like is on board with like the Noxus one that's a three now one that problem. can't block, yeah. like attack wise, and you want to this is this isn't something that like you as far as with aggro that you want to like depend on on your yeah. curve, you just want it to be added damage. So.
1: Yeah, I think I think a one on one one cost at a two
0: one, I would think would be cool because
1: you you're keeping card advantage. But you're also sacrificing board to start off.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, but maybe, you're not I guaranteed know. to keep the card advantage. I mean, this is we're, oh, we're talking. We're talking about like a little vile feast, real quick, and you just healed your opponent for one, and oh, you true. lost that <laughs> you card lost advantage. Your card. <laughs> like, good point. Good point. Like it, that's why I feel like you know it's a one yeah. drop. It'd be all right. But yeah, that's I, a good point. I, the the very first ephemeral deck I built was built around this and uh, Shark Chariot. So it's a card that's near and dear to me.
1: Go back back to our episode involving Shark Chariot (laughs) if you want to know more. Uh, There was a good bit on that one. Uh, But the other cool thing is obviously the shadow arts um, that we know is the forbidden art that Zed came across while um, at his homeboy's house. Hushin, but <laughs> what, what follower do you have for us even another another shadowy figure
0: uh yes indeed another shadowy figure and this one is definitely what you think of as far as being ninja styles uh so the shadow assassin uh, assassin um so three mana two two elusive when i'm summoned to draw one if you have seen an ionia deck that it does not Have this card in it I'm calling you a liar It (laughs) had this card in it They just never drew it Bread and butter bread and butter it's like this it has been in every ionia deck since the beta it's a great card it's everything you can ask of of a three drop a, a decent health stat uh, where it's not going to be just taken out by lower mana cost it, the elusive tag means it can be aggro mm-hmm. it's drawing you a card, so you could throw it in uh into a control deck too because you're not losing your card advantage and getting a blocker it's literally everything you want in a card it's very it's solid, solid card but it's also one that's not quite as like along the lines of Shadowseer, where it's showing like that it, someone that is kind of on the fence as far as the yin and yang like mm-hmm. they they still view themselves as like a member of the kinku but they also have problems with the way that they operate and we're going to get into that more story wise like it's it's a really cool card and specifically with both of the champions we're going to talk about today there's a lot of voice interactions between the champions in this card specifically so if you want go ahead Build a joke deck together, play some AI games, start hearing some of those voice yeah, lines. It's, they're cool. It, um, it's The story of Ionia as far as the characters of the cards is immersive.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm actually happy they don't have a database for the voice lines. So you can be more surprised and, and be more enveloped in that when you're playing the game. Um, something that I definitely put my headphones in every time I play. Right. Sometimes I'll play silently with other card games, but not this one. our um, champion. So Zed, to start us off, the bad guy, if you couldn't tell <laughs> by all the, all the blades all on right. his armor.
0: Alexa, play Billie Eilish. Bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: Zed is an orphan. He's taken in by Great Master Kusho who's Shen's father, and, you know, we'll get into that. But he was raised like his other son alongside Shen, but never could really beat him in a duel. They're kind of two different personalities that is very emotional. Shen lacks it. Um, and, you know, they were skilled at a very young age, which came to their detriment because their father decided, hey, let's go hunt this mass murderer <laughs> named the Golden Demon, <laughs> who we end up finding out is Jin. We'll we all remember that, that one
0: camping trip we did with <laughs> you know, our father figure. Like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pull you out of school early on yeah. Friday. We're going to hit the road. We're going to track down some serial killers. Maybe get some hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, some we've some all been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so during this time, they end up catching him, but they have to witness all of the murders because it's kind of like a serial killer style thing where he's leading them on a the trail um, and we'll get into the story of Jin in the future. But yeah, after witnessing all of this, when they finally catch Jin, uh his father's like, yeah, you know, we're just going to put him in prison. He'll serve his time and repent kind of thing. And Zed is like, oh, no, 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 I don't like that at all. He needs to pay the ultimate price. Um, and this ends up driving Zed out of the order, right, the Kinku order, um, and down this dark path to the hidden forbidden arts of Ionia. So you go somewhere where you shouldn't go to learn something he shouldn't learn <laughs> and he come back ignorant <laughs> <laughs> and he ends up confronting his father on like, you know, the whole situation with Noxus and how they should strike first instead of waiting to be attacked and being defensive. And that, that's when he just kind of says, you know what, I'm out, you know, I'm moving out and he leaves and he leaves with that knowledge uh, and then creates his own order and starts teaching people it. And this is where it gets dangerous because he decides I need to know more and I need to go back and get that information from, you know, the King order. So he returns home with his homies. His dad's like, you know, kind of tells everybody to just chill. It's cool. I want him here. And, you know, I, I it's my fault that he did this. It's my fault um, for for not being there for him. And he ends up killing his father. Uh, and. His soldiers end up killing a lot of other um, disciples in uh, most of them, really, leaving only Shen and a couple others left. He takes the black box and then he bounces and he just goes on like a war spree with attacking Noxus every chance he gets. It's almost like, uh, you know, Avatar Last Airbender is a pretty popular show right now as it's a resurgence, right? Um, And Prince Zuko is a good example uh, in the later stories of just this anger, where he can't he can't figure out why he's never satisfied with going for that that first strike and not tearing down your enemies, doing exactly what you're supposed to do by destiny, but still not being satisfied. And like Zed, Zed is a great example of that that unable to feed that hunger.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very glad you brought up the uh, the last Airbender because like a lot of the stories we're gonna hit in Ionia definitely yeah. feel like they have of a, a duality with yes. that. Like they, if, you can tell that they kind of feed on each other almost. And so I, I'm definitely going to reference it too. So, okay, <laughs> so thanks for stealing my thunder, I guess. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be but. a
1: lot of overlap for this one, right? Cause they're all, their stories almost told together uh, cause they grew up together. So half their story is the same, um, but yeah. So Zed the card, he's a three cost three, two with quick attack. He has on attack, Uh, summon an attack living shadow with his stats. Uh, And then when him and his shadow have struck the nexus twice or him, it's weird the way they, they, they word this and it took people to figure it out. So if he, if he hits it once and the shadow hits it once, that counts as two, right? Um, It creates a living shadow or, It flips him and is flipped, gives him plus one, plus one on each end, so he ends up a four, three, and then he still has quick attack, but the shadow now also gets his keywords in addition to his stats. So it would get quick attack or whatever else he has. Uh, This card is another bread and butter in aggro. Uh, Not even just aggro, just in general. It's a good bridge card from getting from one portion of the game, one phase of the game to another because he does attract removal spells. He does attract... It, your your opponent can't just ignore Zed. That's not a thing. It's similar to Draven. You can't just ignore it, because it starts to get really annoying and affect later later um, turns in the game.
0: Yeah, they're, they're no avoiding this one. Like you're, you're you have to deal with it immediately because uh, you know there's also very popular decks like, uh, swims, elusive Demacia Ionia deck, yeah, where it abuses Zed in standalone, and yeah. let me tell you, I've been on the receiving end, and if <laughs> we've all been all there, the, if it all of a sudden a Zed becomes like plus six plus six, and he's summoning freaking nine eights yeah. with first strike, you're. Like what do, what do I do? Why is this <laughs> happening to me? I thought I could take care of this later. <laughs> I thought there was time. <laughs> I thought there was time. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, so yeah, this is a good one. Um the quotes again on Z so like uh the first half has balance is a fool's a fool's master. The shadows have shown me true power. Uh, and then that follow-up once he flips it says few men think to look back at their shadows it is their last mistake um yeah he's very it's weird because he he tends we'll, we'll get into this in shen's thing he tends to feel like he's different with his um platitudes with his view on order and like but he almost is i mean he was raised in it right he was raised in it although he's pointing all of this theory into and these beliefs into a more darker path he still is preaching his own gospel um, so the thing he hates he has become um, with his new order but yeah. gone ahead and, with Shamba
0: yeah and well <laughs> and, and the last point on Zed is yeah. the, like his voice like the voice lines that you just read out but like his story and also with the, the your spell of choice for this episode um, with the dusk, uh, why why can I not talk? Today? Oh, dawn <laughs> and dusk. But with the spell dawn and dusk, the the quote on that is that you know he's. He's a villain with a higher purpose, a villain with a cause. Yeah. So, uh, he's gonna be labeled as the bad guy just because he is very much a, like the Ionians are kind of like the air benders. like yeah. they are very peaceful people, and he views the this aggression as a threat. And it's like let's just get rid of the threat instead of just being peaceful. Yeah. And the, so there's there's a lot more. In there, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yep. So, but w- let's talk about his brother. Well, or the adopted brother. So Shin. Yeah. Shin is the son of the Eye of Twilight in the ku Order. <laughs> which, um, so the Kinku Order is a is. is pretty much the village of ninjas. Um, if anyone, I, I've outed myself as a weeb multiple times already. So <laughs> obvious Naruto reference. It's it's like the the ninja villages. Mm-hmm. So the Kenku would be the hidden leaf of Ionia. Yep. And the, his father is the great master Kusho. And the Kusho spent... His time leading the order, as far as much meditation, watching the stars, and trying to lead the Kinku Order on a path of enlightenment and peace, mm-hmm. and um, enlightenment also being a card effect that we're not even going to talk about in this episode because nope. he doesn't do that on his card. <laughs> but that's what he's looking for. So poor guy still hasn't found it. Uh, but uh, so Shin grew up with his adopted brother Zed, and they trained together you know i'm echoing ryan at this point but they all of this came to an end when they went out for hot dogs and <laughs> found serial killers instead and um when with the serial killers shin stays with his dad and his dad says that we're not going to punish the serial killer or we're not going to give him capital punishment zed disagrees and leaves and this start this sets a, path, a this sets a path for Shin where he is, finds himself reluctantly following. He has been taught all of his life as far as searching for peace and enlightenment, and he agrees that he must follow the teachings of his father, which is the leader of the Kinku Order, because it's for the good of the Kinku Order, which is ultimately the good of all people. Not just Ionia, but they believe that this is going to bring peace for all so he's following this path but he has his doubts and these doubts constantly plague him especially when he returns from meditating one night into a war zone with ninjas being attacked by fellow ninjas and in the, amidst the chaos, he sees his dead father, and Zed standing above him, with with a black box of the sacred te- you know the Mark Hamill the sacred text. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he's standing there with the black box, and it's forbidden in, uh, ninjutsu. And all of a sudden, it's like all this time of. Focusing and meditating And trying to look ahead He has to act now So he is able to rally the Kinku Order And get out Successfully As far as not really fighting back They're not fighting to repel He is just trying to get everyone out So then they retreat And he rebuilds the Kinku Order And he rebuilds it Continuing to teach what his father taught As far as constantly searching For peace and enlightenment among the new Acolytes, he ends up training an Acolyte that shows a lot of promise in Akali. Akali, for anyone who's not too familiar with the champions, uh, in Runeterra, she's not a playable card at all. But she was in the uh, promotion video for Ionia. And I would have lost a lot of money if I put put it down on who I was betting was going to be the new champion when the Bilgewater set came out. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so Akali is a very promising individual and Shin ends up training her. But just like in that promotional video, he's constantly having to reinforce in her restraint because Akali is very similar as far as to Zed of wanting to see, see threat, remove threat. Mm-hmm. And he is constantly having to teach her to sheath her mortal weapons. And this continues until Akali finishes her training and ends up renouncing the teachings of true peace and enlightenment. But she doesn't go – obviously doesn't go on a killing spree. She confronts Shin and they discuss. And she's saying that this way is not going to ever lead to peace. It will only lead to more ruin. And Shin lets her go knowing that he's got to find – she has to find her own path. And now he must really look at the path that he's on. Yeah. And that's where – that's what we – all we have is Shin reaching this crossroad. And will he continue down the path that his father laid out for him? Or will he continue down a different path and bring the Kinku Order as far as a, being a powerhouse to defend Ionia? Mm-hmm. And we don't know. Stay tuned to Riot Stories to find out. <laughs> the um, <laughs> yeah, so Shin is very cool.
1: It, it, it's funny when we you talk, you talk about the father again. The father really reminds me of um, General Iroh, right? From, I mean, we're gonna keep making this this. Back and forth between Avatar uh, and the more
0: and the and more Ionia. champions in Ionia we hit, it's going to make even more sense that we're t- exactly t- talking we'll, we'll
1: get about there. It. But but that, that thought of, you know, always seeking peace, even in your enemies. Right. And to try to find you're not just trying to solve the problems for your people, but also the people who are causing the problems. You want them to be you know happy and to be better as well. Uh, And you see that a lot in just like general. We're not going to get into psychiatry and all that. Um, But when it comes to facing an aggressor or facing someone who's harassing you, you know, there are often taught to, you know, reach out to that person and see what's going on with that person. Right. Um, Rather than just, you know, attacking back or going super defensive is because there's always something that's driving that. And both people can find peace Um, anyways. But yeah, so Shen, Shen is a cool character to me. I mean, I've always liked him. And you're, yeah. you can talk, you can talk and, about the card real quick,
0: yeah. Uh, and we'll his his story does grow. Obviously, like the base of his lore, yeah. is just the beginning. And there's just so much just to the story of Shin and Zed that, well, that we're being g- given even more now. Like it's so it's I'm looking forward to really diving into Ionia just further and further. But the card, um, so Shin. <laughs> Shin really mimics his League of Legends character very mm-hmm. well, as in that he is the worst ninja ever. <laughs> he is not a good ninja. Uh, tank ninja. I was tank so confused when they released ninja. him. I was so confused. The, the threads were endless, and I'm pretty sure they still exist. Yeah. But, um, so Shin is a four mana 3-5, and he has support. <laughs> ninja um so give my supported ally barrier this round and he flips when you give uh when you give barriers four plus times but he has to see it so he's on the field with four plus barriers and his flipped version is the plus one plus one still the support and all allies with barriers get plus three plus zero this turn and the like obviously there was in the beta, before Shin got nerfed in beta mm-hmm. with the Green Glade Keeper, there were some nasty decks running around yeah. with Shin. And like that, a lot of people underestimated the amount of damage that Shin was able to really produce. And then even after he got reworked a little bit, got t- tweaked around. And then after the game went live, he received a little bit of a buff. I still think people just take for granted yeah. the amount of pressure Shin represents on a board because it's no joke. Yeah. It, it Absolutely no joke.
1: I was obsessed with this card um, from day one. I mean, same thing with in League of Legends. It's just I thought it was a really cool interaction. I like Shin as a character. I tend to veer to more like, support style decks as well um even when i play you know tempo style so i like to build around things um so yeah when this card came out i was like okay they nailed it like we've said that so much there's so many cards in this game where they just nail the lore you know how you have you know other card games where they have these throwaway cards where they're just kind of they're meant for draft or they're meant for fodder for when you open a pack but they don't put as much into them as you see in any of the cards in in Rune Terra when it comes to lore and then representing that lore inside the card itself so
0: yeah it well it's they they just do such a good job with it and not only not only with the fact that like this is what Shin feels like in League of Legends, but also that his uh, duplicate copy in hand is Stand United, yeah. which is just straight up his ultimate spell yeah. in League of Legends. It's all right there. It's they 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 do such a good job as far as just translating the two games um, between each other. And it's, that's the whole reason this podcast is even possible is how yeah. well of a job riots have done in writing out a story and then presenting it in a creative way. Yeah. And another reason,
1: you know, this podcast is possible is our end segment. I'm just joking. We're not there yet. Fate of the game. I want to <laughs> let him know, but fate of the game, we're going to talk about gauntlet real quick again. Cause I actually got to play it. Um, What'd you think? All right. I get it. I mean, it's fine. It's more to do. I, I feel like it's a cool concept because they can introduce these other modes. Like, so the first week weekend, right. It only runs on the weekend. That's another thing. I don't really like that much. <laughs> yeah. is a fact because it's very hard to be time boxed. And I think they will expand it because you know, Magic has made the same mistake where they try to time box things too tightly uh, for these events. So people just miss them because, you know, life is going on. Even though we're trapped inside for COVID, it's still going on. So it's hard to line up. But that being said, I don't like the time boxing a lot. Um, But I do like, you know, the first one was just a standard. Uh, kind of approach and now we have singleton for this past weekend which that was cool um yeah because it allowed some some creative stuff to come out so i'm liking it i I like that they have another option and the funny thing is having that expedition and the standard laddering mode already feels like enough content for a while right that's a lot that's a lot of gameplay to do um and you know plenty of stuff to especially for getting cards like there's cool and icons and stuff like that i do think they're going to they're gonna have to start cranking out cosmetic stuff a little faster because people are really enjoying that stuff and they have so many avenues to allow you to get stuff for it. Um, yeah. So I get they have to make money there, but there does need to be a lot more cosmetic and stuff you can unlock with just being, just playing and getting like tokens or, you know, trade your expedition tokens for something else or whatever.
0: Especially for like myself, I have a really hard time getting into expeditions like, and because i've drafted in magic a lot and i had the same problem anytime i tried arena mm-hmm. which was i couldn't play draft online yeah it, it was it felt like a chore and i don't know why and because drafting at a shop was a ton of fun yeah but uh, so i would love to see if there was something different to do with the expedition tokens uh, personally but but you know your boy had fun with the uh, singleton you yeah. pursued a perfection all day i i I dropped out of the gauntlet went and played standard and played a couple games of pursuit of perfection lost every single one of them (laughs) but i had fun
1: (laughs) we have more fun for you um it's not gonna be bad how dare you this episode's not gonna be bad this one's gonna be easy so basically what would your ninja theme be If you were a ninja in this universe, what would it be? And mine, I always go to it. Because whenever I see it in anything, you know, once again, Avatar, I like Earth-based magic. Like I not in a druid sense, but just manipulating like boulders and you know things around you um, to either make you stronger or to hide yourself. So I'd definitely be some kind of earth-style ninja. I don't know, covered in moss or whatever you want to call it. What about you? what's what's your element of choice? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: huh, huh. Okay, okay. Like so if, if we're going if we're going by like element, uh, like uh, if, if we're just thinking along the lines of the elements, it probably would be like around like fire. Okay. Um I I am a very passionate person. Like a
1: scorpion style yeah. from like Mortal Kombat um, type of fire or I I see again like- I,
0: I I'm thinking more like Naruto, so kind of oh, like okay. um, Kind of like the uh, Itachi clan Okay as far as just being able to like breathe fire yeah. is super cool to me but you know if we're not if we're not just shoehorning nah. into the elements i'm going to reference naruto again because i would totally just be choji, oh, yeah, I, choji I, is I, my really element cool. would be food uh, just <laughs> just food I, I you know do the do the hand signs yeah. all that jazz and then boom sandwich <laughs> So that maybe, I don't, wanna be, maybe I don't want to be, maybe I don't want to be a ninja. Maybe I just want <laughs> <laughs> to be a ninja chef. just want to a ninja chef. Just put on a show. That would be funny. Using real ninjutsu. That would be good. And you try to dine and dash in my place, you're going to get a uh, shuriken shaped pickles like in the back oh, of your neck. Oh, no. ah! <laughs> Just carry around two, two chef knives. <laughs> ha! <laughs>
1: All right, so that, that that does it for this episode. This very zen. it felt more chill,
0: right? Like we weren't there's like a, Ionia Ionia yeah. story overall, like it's sad, but it's chill. Yeah. Like, you know, it's everyone's just like, "Nah, man, peace and love." Chill vibe, and love. But thanks, uh, thanks for listening. We need more of that today. Guys. Know, right? Just just peace and love, just chill.
1: Yeah, and as always, we'll be back soon with the next
0: episode. Take care everybody.